Hey. hey. How's everybody doing? Hey. Hello. Good. Good. Right. I just felt like starting a podcast in some way other than saying the word welcome to the Broken Campfire podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Andy. That was nice. I'm joined by uh, three of my campfire compatriots, Vito, Greg, and Flask. Thanks for joining me tonight. As Thank you. Every night. Uh, John is back to, you know what? I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to, I'm not going to cover for him, listeners. He's not, he's not fighting demons. Not this time. He's off in a room breaking stuff legally. Well, he paid money to break stuff legally. He's releasing the demons. The inner demons. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you could also say it's like training. It's kind of like training. Should we be worried about him that he's that he feels need that he needs to smash things? Absolutely. Well, Vito, have you ever seen the movie and... Training Day? Yeah, with Denzel Washington. Yeah, would you be worried about him? What does it have to do with Training Day? Anyway, if you guys have any opinions on Training Day or anything else, you can email me, and by me I mean the podcast, of course, brokencampfire@gmail.com, or you can hit me up, and by me I mean th- me this time. Out of the Twitter at Broken Campfire. I promise I'll log into that soon. <laughs> Without further ado, we're gonna get back get back, get down to our regular programming. We're gonna start with round table. Everybody's gonna talk about what we've done over the last couple weeks. And then we're gonna ease like butter, butter over bread, toasted bread into the mm. news. Yeah. And a podcast host, or for you listeners out there, I should say, it's around dinner time, so I'm kind of trolling the podcast host right now. I hope you guys were smart enough to eat a little before we started recording for the next five hours. I did. I snacked a Wait, little bit. What? You can't pot on a full stomach, you know? You can, you down. actually. But for that taken more, let's go to like Vito, swimming. who's going to tell us a little bit about some hunting he's done over the last couple of weeks. You, you guys, you, you'll get it, trust me. I have actually have no idea what you're talking about. Um, yeah, are you talking about there. the game Prey? Is that like hunting and and the hunted and the prey? Is that what, that what you're trying to do? I don't think he knows. I don't think oh, he knows. Oh, actually, that works. But no, I was thinking of the third item down. <laughs> skipping through my items. No, um, yes, of course. That's what I meant, Vito. How, how's Prey going? <laughs> uh, I beat it. I started and I beat Prey. The 2017? I think that's game, right. Game, I think. Nothing I always want to say That only took you like 40 hours, right? I always want to say 2016, but I think that's because we have like Hitman 2016 and Doom 2016. You know what I mean? 2016 was a big hmm. year for some games. I suppose. For certain games that released that year. For certain games yeah. that released that year and had titles reminiscent of earlier games, and in this case, uh, an entirely unrelated one. Yeah, so um, I got COVID, came down with the big COVID, and I was cooped up in my apartment. Let me, let, me, let me clarify for the listeners. He was not making it up this time. He showed us the test. It, it was real. I proved it. And uh, yeah, I started Prey, and I... I just binge through Prey. Intermittent spoilers for Prey 2017, both gameplay and story, until 2152. And my friends already know this, and have made fun of me for this, but for some reason, 
I had great difficulty playing this game. Um, well, overall, I want to say that I really, I really enjoyed the game. And I wouldn't have spent as much time playing it as I did if I didn't really enjoy it. I thought it was great. It was a very fun um, sandbox kind of survival horror game. It really felt like a survival horror game when I was playing it. Um, <laughs> I, I really enjoyed, you know, the moment to moment decision making, going into a room and, you know, deciding whether to fight or to run or to sneak past enemies. I like that there was, you know, different ways of completing objectives, um, as well as like any time I came across like a locked room, you could bet that there was probably multiple ways to get in. It just felt like you had a lot of options. It really felt like a like a good, fun sandbox. There was a lot of ways to do to do things. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a really difficult time playing this game to the point where during the first like 20 hours, I was stopping frequently and wondering how on earth could a triple A game on normal difficulty? How could it have any business being this absurdly difficult? Um, and I don't really know why. I know everyone's got a theory and, you know, I'm not really sure who's right. But um, the first 20 hours were like brutal. Everything was like one hit killing me. Um, I, you know, I've played video games before. I've played games like this before. It shouldn't oh. have been a big deal. Um, you know, maybe, uh, you know, Andy's theory is that I, I went through the main missions maybe too fast and should have done more side missions. And I think that, that that's probably what happened. Not even just side missions, but like more exhaustively searching areas that you were already in. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, maybe I should have just slowed down in the beginning and, you know, I, I thought I was exploring. I thought I was doing all that. I even went through my my list of side missions, side objectives, and like was trying to get through them and realize that like a lot of them I couldn't complete at the point in the game that I was in. So I really don't know what happened. I feel like maybe another part of it was that I didn't unlock abilities that, you know, there was no signposting for any of this, but like there are certain abilities, I guess, that would have been really helpful, especially in the early game, that I didn't get. Um, well, okay. I mean, I, not to shit on you, because I think that you're... Go ahead. You're, uh, did you ever get Dash? I what got you mean, Dash. Like, abilities that you got, you didn't get? Like, what abilities did you not get? I mean, like, the game doesn't like need to signpost you to get Dash, you know what I mean? Like, that's just video game... Knowledge, I guess. I don't know. Like, well, there's a bunch of different alien abilities. There's, there's many. There's three categories of alien abilities, and there's like five or six, like per category. And yeah, there is a dash. There's also a bunch of things. There's a kinetic. You don't have to use the alien abilities though. There's, there's a no. You don't have to use them at all. Um, and you said that you and John, uh, yeah, both beat the game without. Using the alien ability, but when you did that, it was it was harder, right? I mean, that's oh, uh, I mean, part, yeah, it's kind of a challenge. I, mean, I only played through it once, but yeah, it was it was difficult. Not as difficult as you were uh, talking about your game being. No, I you know, and and I don't really even know where to how to continue like talking about. I, I can't explain you know, why it was so difficult. It took me it took me forty hours to. Beat my only game. thought, oh, like because when I watched you play, is I feel like you didn't use that goo gun a lot. That shot people up because I remember right. using that thing like crazy, making hundreds upon hundreds of things of ammo for it, like using that thing all the time. 
I feel like watching you, I didn't see you use it that much. I I want to disagree just because I, I only had such few tools and I felt like I used them all in excess, like as much as I could. If I wasn't using the Gugan, it was probably because another thing, another issue I was having within like my first 20 hours of the game was just being low on resources like all of the time. Um, I, I'll say that there was one point in the game that was like a solid, you know, I want to say it was like a solid 10 hours. I don't know. Maybe that's an exaggeration, but it was a, there was a large midpoint in the game where I did not have the ability to create neuro mods. And that was, and, and that's how you get your abilities. And that was due to, there was like a couple of, um, story missions that I was in that would like, that kept me like within an area, like one story mission, um, where I had to be in a certain area and I couldn't leave. Then going into another story mission where, um, like they you locked know, your, they locked you, my, oh, the doors yeah, down my, on you. My locked the doors down on me and then my brother locks gotcha. the system down on me. So I can't go. Anywhere. And then on top of that, uh, at a certain point in the game, once you've fabricated a certain amount of neuro mods, um, a side objective appears. Basically, you're locked out of making neuromods until you go into a certain guy's office and give yourself access to make more neuromods. Um, it's like some sort of in-game failsafe, like you built too many neuromods. So those things together like really kept me from upgrading my character for like a very long time. Um, yeah, so that that middle portion of the game where I was locked out of making neuromods uh, just gave me a really hard time. I couldn't upgrade my character. All the enemies were very difficult to fight. Um, and I know I'm the outlier here. You know, I, I see online that uh, the average time to beat the game with, you know, I, I think I did like 90% or more of the side quests. I, so I would say that's I main plus I, extra. Yeah, I might have even done like all of them except for one even. Uh, but it took me 40 hours. And it's, that, that was supposed to take like, uh, I think they said, fuck, uh, like tw 27 hours or something like that. This is, it's ludicrous. I know. I know I'm an outlier. Um, anyway, I don't know what to say about that. Uh, um, um, yeah. I... I was not a uh, witness to this saga of yours. So maybe I'm like retreading ground or something. I'm, you know, um, but my experience with the game from, I, I don't have a great memory for games I play sometimes, but I remember the impressions of the game. Um, the what way, I do yeah. remember distinct. Yeah. What I do remember distinctly was in, in my early stages of the game. Um, you know, I ran into my first like uh, Typhon monster or whatever. Um, I ran to like the early obstacles and was kind of shut down really hard. And yeah. I, that, that caused a reconfiguring of my expectations for the game where I was like, Oh, I can't play this like a Bioshock or a system shock. Right. This is not that type of game. I really have to like play this. Like I am <laughs> like, I am prey being hunted and trying to like lay traps and think like outthink, outwit my, uh, obstacles and opponents and use the tools at my disposal really like sparingly and uh, cleverly. Uh, I'm not saying you didn't do no, that. I'm just no, saying like no. it caused a whole uh, restructuring of of my expectations for the game. And I, and I want to hop yeah. on because it was hard. Um, Flask, because I uh, you just described in better words than I, I ever have to video about how I I play the game. But 
I, I, more or less exactly that, right? Uh, and, and another element that I think is common for how me and you approach games like Beast Flask that, um, Vito, I don't think you did. And, and I didn't watch much of your game, Vito, so I'm just, I'm just conjecturing based on how I played versus how you played, is that we tend to, like, when we get to an area, feel, and, and there's a lot of gamers like this, pretty common mindset, feel like an incessant need to explore everything that you can access in that area <laughs> before moving on, right? Yeah. I don't, I don't know if you did that, Vito, and I, I'm not saying you're you're wrong for doing that, but like the main story for me is like always the last thing I want to finish in a game. So like I'll progress the main story when I absolutely have to in most games. You know what I mean? Right. Me too. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you guys are saying. The words you're saying, I just, I felt you know, I've played games like this before. Of course, I I, I also have that exploratory mind and I, I try to explore everything I can. Um, so I, I really felt like I did that, you know, and I had some friends, what Zach watched me play like for days at a time, John watched me play and they're, they're both huge fans of the game, but no one really ever pointed out anything like that I was doing wrong. So I don't know. Hmm. Obviously I was, and that's I, the thing, I, and that's I the thing too. Like yeah. whenever I watched your game, I, I didn't obviously find anything that you were doing wrong. Um, you know, like of course, like you you make mistakes every now and then. I didn't I didn't see anything systemically that you were doing wrong. So like, right. I feel systemically, like systemically, exactly, yeah. I think the answer has to be something elusively simple because, like, I feel like the experience of the first six hours. I'm just gonna throw out a number because I don't really remember. I'm just saying the first huge chunk of the game being really hard and being more about surviving than killing. I think is like common for most people who play the game, right? But I, but at least my experience was like around when I started getting my first alien power and I started getting neuro mods. I felt like the game, I'm not saying it got easy, but I felt like it became more and more accessible until like, you know, like three quarters of the way through the game. It was pretty damn easy, you know, and I could just handle it. Same, same where encounters didn't have to be so much outwitted anymore as just dealt with. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I mean, you know, like the mid game, I remember feeling like a huge surge in power and like feeling like I could finally start taking things and like, you know, I wasn't dying as much. And, and, and you know, I played that game several years ago, so I'm just kind of like speaking off the cuff and I think this is true, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the experience that I, I've seen online and when I talk to our other friends, um, that seems like the standard experience. So anyway... Um, I don't want to detract from. I mean, dude, you were also sick, and like that—that that, that does have a. Re- I mean, I'm not even, you know, it's funny, but I'm like I'm not even really joking. Like that does have effect on how you think and like, you know how, how you're even feeling you play, about yeah. things. Yeah, you know, like can't pretend it doesn't. You know, so right, well, I'm not going to attribute it just to that. Out. I'm just saying. You know, <laughs> no, I think I think he's probably right about it. Something being something deceptively simple, like something that just. Is like an underlying it could be. cause. I, you know, I was really obvious. I was really like, just I coming think, away from it, being like, maybe this was this was just luck. Like I just had bad luck. Like I, did, <laughs> you know, maybe I didn't understand the gameplay as well as I thought it. Because I I did have a certain experience, like you did, Flask, where I thought I was jumping into like a Bioshock kind of game where I was going to be able to just, you know, just blast, blast away at enemies, people. Yeah. And but I did realize early on, like, oh, okay, no, you have to be able, you have to be clever. Um. But I, I had a I blast with the game overall. I thought it was great. Yeah, the takeaway yeah. is that you had a good time, which is which is really nice. Yeah, you, yeah. It, it, like, it, I wasn't even 
I wasn't even mad when I was having a difficult time. I was more because I was being I was able to progress. Like I'm a pretty good video gamer. Like I was just acknowledging to myself and out loudly to anybody else in the Discord, man, this is strangely hard for a AAA game on normal difficulty. But you know, I was able to progress. But it did take me a long time to beat the game. Um I just want to yeah. talk about the the end choice of the game. Um there's a couple of different endings, but the okay. the main plot um, brings you to like a fork where you have to make one of one of two choices, and uh, I thought that was that was really well done. Um, I was very unsure of what to choose. Um, uh, those choices are: you could either destroy the station, destroying all of the research. Uh, that you've done on the Typhon and Neuromods along with it. And then the other, and that will kill all the Typhon in and around the station and ensure that no, like, Typhon organism will get to Earth because all it takes is one. And then the other decision is to um, use a null wave uh, transmitter that you, you've created and what that will do is kill all the Typhon, but leave the station intact. Um, I was really confused by this and I had to put my controller down and literally sit there and think about this for quite a long time. And Andy and John were the, were the demon and, and angels on my, my <laughs> shoulders uh, trying to help me out without telling me what to do. But I, I needed to ask them because I really didn't understand you know, I think a lot of games have a, a clear good ending and a clear bad ending, and I wasn't really sure how these decisions represented those uh, good and bad endings. And uh, I ended up choosing to destroy the station just because when you're playing the game, you're listening to a lot of audio logs and reading about just the, the really inhumane experiments that are happening on the ship. Yeah. And... Uh, Experimenting on humans and with Typhon DNA and creating these neuromods. Um, and it just felt like, you know, why would you want to continue that? Why would you want to save the station and let that research continue and all of the, you know, the bad things that have, that have come of it continue? So destroy it. Um, How do you feel about that after having seen where it goes, though? Right. Because like now that you see that, like the truth is, is that the aliens have already taken over Earth. Um, right. Well, yeah, totally. So the aliens have, have, have actually taken over Earth and this the game you played was like a simulation. Right. You're playing as a as a Typhon human like hybrid. Uh, I thought that was a very cool ending. Um, I remember feeling rather though, divisive. It's yeah. also kind of like a snowball snow globe ending, too. So I, I think I maybe maybe even not like that time, but like I feel like uh I stand on it is that like that game narratively wise had a very strong start that just got progressively less and less interesting as we learned more and more about what was going on unlike a Bioshock which I feel got more hmm. interesting as you learned about it you know um, to the point where like by the end it was like alright yeah this is fine like I but like the gameplay was so good I didn't really care you know it's not really I don't really play the game for the story at, at the end of it I think huh I did dig the, the story. Um, and uh, I guess what I, I was just commenting on was, was the, the two decisions you can make 
I really did think you could choose any of them, and I didn't really quite understand why any one of them would have been really bad. I mean, yeah, if you if you save the station and just destroy the Typhon, yeah, you are perpetuating this, you know, uh, inhumane right. research that's happening. But it's like you got this race of Typhon out there. Saving the station might be might be your only chance to defeat them in the future if they come back around. I mean, yeah, I mean, look how fucked up you got. You know, what if that didn't happen next time? Exactly. Uh, and I just thought it was funny because John, who was with us, was like staunchly. It seemed like he was staunchly against uh, saving the station. <laughs> um, and you know, I think I came around to his point, and I was like, "Yeah, fuck this. Let's destroy the station." And that was going on. I was reading on the internet, and it was funny. A lot of like, uh, like video game uh, blogs and, and news sites were calling destroying the station the bad ending. Um, and 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 if you read on, it's totally that that's their opinion. I don't think the developers ever. I don't say, think like, this yeah, is a good no, ending. This is a bad, a bad ending. ending. And then like reading through like forums and seeing what actual you know gamers were experiencing. A lot of them chose to destroy the station, so I thought that was funny. There was there was a bit of uh, divisiveness in the, in that that last decision. Um, yeah, if anything, anyway, I feel like I, narratively, like it feels like it makes more sense that um, you taking you going further and further alien and like allowing the aliens to live at the end would be the bad option, right? I mean, I don't know. It's kind of yeah. Uh, Anyway, it's a good game, though, right? I like it. Yeah, it was a great game. I could talk more about it, but I feel like I'm, I'm dragging on a little bit. No, you're, um, good, you're good. Cool game. Uh, cool game. I'm now looking for my next like really good single player game, but in the meanwhile, I started Neon White. Um, wait, hold on. Sorry. So yeah, uh, just uh, a recommendation, please. Yeah. If if you can, if you're not like staunchly against this type of game, Prey Moon Crash is excellent. I actually did one run of Moon Crash. Oh, okay. I had heard that it was excellent. I did one run and I got a little bit bored, um, but it was like the intro run. Like, yeah, it definitely like ramps up and you start really up? feeling okay. it. Yeah. Uh, me, like, I'm not a rogue, whatever person yeah. generally. I mean, I am, um, I guess, but but I think partly because it's you know the prey engine and you're doing prey action, yeah. uh, and partly because of the the progression of how it like um, builds up and how you get access to more stuff and more options. Uh, I ended up really liking Mooncrash. Does the world open up a little bit, or is it just that yeah. kind of bland yeah. I moon mean, base area? No, no, no. It it opens up. It opens up in that regard. Oh, yes. okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I, w- yeah. I will try that then. I heard definite recommendation. Anyway, so neon white. Yeah, I started neon white. Uh, neon white is is really freaking cool. Does anybody not know what this is at all? Um, you jump around is, and cards. yeah, speed it's, it's speed like, running game, yeah, first person shooter, anime, anime speed running game with cards that give you roguelike abilities, right? Uh, well, yeah, it's it's a movement based. Um, I guess you could say like an FPS speed running game and 
you go through the level, you pick up cards. The cards represent different guns, like a shotgun or an SMG or a rifle. And you could shoot the gun like you would in an FPS. And you could, there's demons on the levels. You have to kill all the demons and then exit. Um, you could shoot the gun or you could discard the card. And when you discard the card, it's, it's, a, it's like a movement tech. So the shotgun, if you discard the shotgun, you'll like shoot in any direction. If you discard the SMG, you'll do like a ground stomp where you'll fly downward. Um, yeah, and it's just, it's really fucking addicting. The levels are like, you know, when you complete a level, it's, it's between like 10 and 30 seconds. So they're really short levels, but there's a wow. lot of replayability because, you know, first you go through the level and you're just trying to get your bearings. And then once you kind of get the level, you, you try to get the highest uh, rank. So you get medals from bronze all the way to gold and then ace. And if you get a gold medal, then uh, a hint is unlocked. So the next time you play it, there'll be like a little floating right. hand that's showing you a shortcut. And then if you do oh, that cool. shortcut, you'll typically get the ace. Um, so cool. I think that's, that's the fun of it is playing through the game and getting an ace rank on the levels, but that's not the end of it because once you unlock ace, you unlock the goal, the global leaderboard for that level. And then, so, so typically what happens is I get the ace medal and, you know, I, I see my scores, whatever, 20, 20 seconds. I go, man, I did that pretty well. Ace 20 seconds. I did this shortcut. And then you go to the, the first place page and you see everybody else is doing it in 10 seconds. So <laughs> that the kind of gameplay loop is like, how the fuck did they do that? And then you got to try to find, you know, more clever ways to do that level. If you're a real try hard or you could continue to the next level. And then each you know, level also is always fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's super cool. And you could see your, there's a friend leaderboard too, but none of my friends have this game, unfortunately. So I'm beating everybody. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, each level also has a gift. It's just a floating uh, present somewhere floating in the level. Present. And you, you go and find that. That's another, you know, just adds but, to the replayability. But the point, the point of the levels is to get faster and faster, right? Yeah. To get, to get the fastest time um, on each level. Yeah. But is there and, like a and the present just a collectible like, thing? For the gift? No, for like, like, what happens if you take five minutes to beat a level? No, I don't think uh, I'm assuming that if you don't get a certain rank, then you can't progress. Okay, um, I got you. So you are I like I, I. That's a good point. I'm I'm sure that you're locked from progressing without getting like a certain rank. I would think, but I I honestly I go through every level and I don't progress until I get ace anyway. So I don't really know. Um, but um, the game's got like. Okay, so I should address. So that's the gameplay, but there is a story and there are characters. And when you're not doing that, there's like a little map and you could visit locations and you do like dialogue with characters. Like it's it, it's like it's like an anime dating sim. Kind I was going to ask. I've seen some stuff about the dialogue. How do you feel about it? I so there's a fast forward button and I don't read any of it. It's terrible. Um <laughs> It's like it's okay. weird because the whole game's very tongue in cheek. It's got loads of personality. Um, I, I remember, know, it's got like I remember this. when you streamed. You said oh, this is the only time I've watched the cut. You said this is the only time I've watched the cutscenes. 
Yeah, I mean, I think I watched like the first two cut two two dialogue things, and I was like, "This is bad," because the game seems very tongue in cheek in in its aesthetic. It's got like this '90s anime vaporwave aesthetic. It's got the most awesome fucking soundtrack. It's got one of these soundtracks that long after I beat the game, I'm probably gonna be listening to the soundtrack. It's by uh, Machine Girl. Um, I don't know if you ever heard of them. They're they're a, a band. Machine Girl um, Kelly, like like. Electronic Machine Girl Kelly. They're all they're awesome. And the soundtrack is kick ass. It's very intense. Um like electronic songs. Um I, I it's similar in in intensity to like McGordon's Doom soundtrack. Not they don't sound that similar. They don't sound they're not too far apart either, but um it's a very intense soundtrack and it's great for this game because it makes you want to go fast. It makes you want to keep going. Yeah, you would um, hope. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, so uh, the game seems very tongue in cheek and it's like aesthetic and even like things I've read from the developer. Um, but the dialogue just seems really corny and like not in like a fun tongue in cheek way. It's just really corny, super fucking horny, like dating sim <laughs> dialogue. Um, I couldn't. And there's a lot right. of it. There's tons of it. B-Man would love this game, dude. Would he? I don't even. It's it's not even enjoyable. I didn't think it was enjoyable at all. So you need some anime experts to, to evaluate the dialogue. <laughs> Jesus, Vito, come on. Yeah. So there's a fast forward button, and I literally you just press F, and it will just speed through the entire. Like you, you can't even read it. Just zoom. Well, it's right good that the they have that. Oh, it's great because I wouldn't play this game otherwise. I wouldn't play <laughs> this game otherwise. You know what this aesthetic reminds me of? Like all around, uh, Paradise Killer. Oh, yeah, sure. very very similar look look to it um and i, I like that aesthetic but i also couldn't get through that right. game because of the the anime kind of style <laughs> um what else about this game uh yeah that's about it if you like games that make you go fast or games with fun movement definitely definitely try this one out it's super fun all right i could see it uh moving on from games Watched some things. I watched right. everything, everywhere, all at once, which oh, nice. uh, Flash talked about on a previous episode. Um, I thought it was fantastic. It was really good. It was like shockingly good for a movie that I, I, you don't really. I didn't hear that much about it when it came out. I guess I everything I heard right. was good. It, it, video on. It de- yeah, it definitely had uh, word of mouth buildup. Yeah, uh, the sci-fi conceit was fantastic. And uh, just the story of generational trauma and existential crisis was was really great. Um, so definitely recommend that. Very creative um, film. And then we watched, we did a group watch. We watched Mad God. Mad God. Except for Flask. Flask wasn't there. Greg, Greg you I there? happen not to be there. I do want to watch that. Uh, yeah, I was there, but I left like maybe a half hour into it. I just oh, okay. went to bed. I feel like you didn't miss because I had heard. I mean, it was very cool, but like you know, you you got it thirty minutes in. <laughs> it's like yeah. What I, all I've heard is that it's like plotless visual creativity. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just outpouring of whatever was in this man's mind. It has it has the threads of a plot. Like it 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 barely has a plot, but there's something there. There's enough there that most of the fun of the movie. Well, most of the fun of the movie was the the visual effects, but then I had a lot of fun just trying to make sense of the plot 
um, <laughs> with with what they gave you. And I think there's there's something there. I, yeah, I thought it was cool. There, it's funny. Some people just didn't get it. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> embarrassing. I had to explain it to everybody. Um, yeah, it's a stop motion and live action experimental horror film. Um, it was released on Shutter, the horror streaming service. Uh, this was in June, and it's uh, directed by Phil Tippett, Tippett um, who provided visual effects for the original Star Wars trilogy, trilogy, Jurassic Park, Robocop, Starship Troopers, Willow, and more. Um, and the big thing about this movie was that it was produced over a period of like 30 years. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Not like, not like nonstop, but I think it was like an idea he had. Um, he started filming some of it while he was working on RoboCop two. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then I, I think he, he, during Yikes. Jurassic park, um, he started to think that the days of stop motion were over. So he shelved the film. And then 12 years later with encouragement from members of his studios, he began working on the project again. Uh, so yeah, apparently it's, it's a long ways in the making and, I mean, you could tell some of the scenes in that movie, like, I mean, for instance, I read like one particular scene. It's it's just a quick pan of like piles of dead bodies. Basically, it's a very apocalyptic movie. <laughs> and apparently like just that set piece alone took th- like three people, three years of melting toy soldiers together. So like shit <laughs> like that, I imagine takes a really fucking long time. And the set pieces in this movie are pretty insane um also i have to wonder at like the um sorry i didn't mean to interrupt no that's a uh i just wonder at the actual like uh filming of this film because like if he started in the 90s that would have been film and then if you restarted uh 12 years after jurassic park that would have been into the start of like video but he did he just keep filming with film because that seems like uh, a lot yeah, more I don't work know. for stop motion. I, I didn't look too much into it. I know that he put up a Kickstarter, I guess, when he wanted to get back into this. And that right, Kickstarter right. produced like the first the first three parts of the movie, which I think were okay. you could they were released before all this. And then it was finished up and released on Shutter, like the, the complete thing. So maybe he I'm didn't sure I could find maybe he filmed a little bit and then redid it. I don't really know. Um, yeah, I'm sure I know I've been hearing about this movie for like a decade or more, like every now and then I would just hear, Oh, Phil Tippett's working on his thing still. Yeah. This is the kind of movie I would watch like behind the scenes documentary. And it's like, it's an hour and like 20 minutes. It's, it's a short, good watch. Like, does it, I don't know if it deserves 30 years of hype, but I, I enjoyed it. I would watch it again. Um, and that is all I got. With Vito. All right. Very well. We just got everybody. That was a hefty Vito. A hefty hefty Vito Vito. after two weeks. That's all right. What are you, Greg? What have you been up to? Many things, Andy. Many things. All right. Uh, I played that game, uh, Ayudin Chronicle Rising. The uh, it's the pre- the prologue to Hundred Heroes that's coming out. The Kickstarter Suikoden inspired spiritual sequel game. Yeah. Huh. Uh it's a uh, it's an action RPG like a side scroller. Uh I it's only like 15 bucks. I think it's on Game Pass. You can download it. 
I I, I recommend it. It's pretty cool. How yes. is it like a and, shorter prologue game? Um, I don't think it's it. Yeah, it took me like twelve hours to beat it. Oh, okay, so pretty sizable so, yeah, on its own, right? Yeah, it's uh, but it's pretty cool. It's got a lot of uh, a lot of stuff in it. Um, I like the characters. Character uh, art's really cool. All I right. like the art and all that. Does it? I think it's uh. Does it have like any well, Suikoden in it? Like uh, like. Do you pick up heroes and like different viewpoints, uh, that kind of thing? Not yet. You have, uh, or not, not in this one. Uh, in this one, you have uh, the main girl. Uh, I think her name is CJ. And then you have uh, two other characters that you get. You get Guru, who's like just a kangaroo, and uh, this other magician right. girl. I don't remember her name. But then you uh, basically chain your t- attacks together. Each one is assigned like either X, Y, or B. And then you uh, chain the attacks together using them, and it's uh it's a lot of fun. Do you but, know uh, if they, like the main game will be more Suikoden asking that? Yes, yes. The, the main oh, one's going to sure, be yeah. like where you have because literally called a hundred heroes. I see. I oh okay. <laughs> when, do we have a release date for that thing yet? Uh I think next year. I'm not a hundred percent though. Okay. Hundred hero percent. Not a hundred percent. One hundred hero percent. Uh, but yeah, that's that's uh, that's a Uden Chronicle. That was cool. Uh, did John talk about Raft last week? No. Uh, or th- did he? No, I don't think so. But you guys finished that game. The final update came out, and you. Oh uh... uh, yeah, ho- yeah. Uh, so uh, if I say if I repeat anything, just let me know, and I'll just skip over it. But yeah, we played uh Raft. Uh, the, the final update came out. We, me, John, and uh, Noxil got on. Alex joined us, and we just finished the uh, finished up the game. I think it took us like eight hours to finish it. Did you find Papa? Awesome. So it turns out Papa doesn't even exist. What? What? I know, I know. Crazy, right? Me, me. This like I don't know what was it like two years? Maybe we played been playing this game like on and off for every patch, and. We've thought that Papa was at the end. I wish you but guys. There's no such thing. There's no such thing as Papa. We we're like, what the fuck? So when I first joined, watching these guys play this update, and I'd seen them play a little bit over the years. I never played Raft myself. We were talking about Papa, and I was like asking, "Wait, how do you guys even know Papa exists?" And I got so much fucking razzing. I got so much hate in that, in <laughs> yeah. that moment. You, I wish, Greg. I wish you all could have seen my face watching your stream <laughs> at the end when, like, the ending had nothing to do with Papa. Like, the game so is clearly let, yeah, not me, about me, him at all. Let me explain. Uh, first off, uh, Raft is a game where it starts you off on like a four by four piece, like literally a raft, and you collect wood and you build up a base. Uh, over the span of two years, uh, I poured. Me, we all poured our heart and soul into that boat. That is my magnum opus. Is that boat? Is that raft? Uh, Knoxville, the world's greatest chef, kept us fed. John, the world's greatest hunter, just slashed everything in me. The greatest shipwright that this world's ever known. We all settled that. We all set out to find Papa. We did all these crazy events and like crazy puzzles and whatnot. And then at the end, the guy like. Ah, yes, you all, the first responders who went out first to uh, do all this. And I'm like, we're like, what, what? What the hell are you talking about? 
had no idea what was going on the entire story, so we just made up our own story for the rest of the whole game. But I mean, the, ma- the main the, the the major bit of the game was like you guys build up a raft and you would go to like the next and bit yeah, of story, your- which would be an island of some sort that has a puzzle you solve. Yeah, you would solve that puzzle and then it would give you coordinates at the end, and you would type those Sometimes coordinates you into fight something you built. Yeah, you would maybe fight a boss. I want to know if they redid the original bosses, but I don't know. Uh, but you would go back, and you would type those in, and it would lead you to another island. And there's like four or five big islands you go to, check them out, and then you beat it. So a delusional crew accomplishes a monumental feat by accident? Uh, yeah, but we're the greatest. Right. You, uh, that uh, me, part of the I was the ma- we all had our own special hats that we wore. I wore my mayor hat. John wore like a... Uh, he wore like a a hawk hat, and Noxel wore like a a dog hat. I think. Right. Yeah, but it was cool, man. I I had a lot of fun. I feel like that game uh suffers from the grounded uh disease of its four players, but I wish it was more. Yeah, um, I wanted to consider playing that just to hop on the ref for a bit, if 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 that was an option. Yeah, that would have been cool. That would have been cool. But how much space is really on the raft? Oh, there's a lot of space. I made it a big raft. It was a home. Okay. It was at least like, I needed three giant engines to move that thing. But yeah, that was raft. That's the the real question is, though, would you recommend it? I would recommend it. It's fun. It's a blast. Good. Um, We played Ark also. I'm done with talking about raft, but yeah. Uh, We played Ark again. Oh, a few oh weeks I forgot ago. you did that. Uh, the modded yeah, server. I'm only going to talk about it a little bit. Uh, Got it. That was. Arc, I totally forgot you did that. Holy shit. Yeah, you guys were So really we played that. Ark, a bunch of us. Uh, Danny got us a server and we started playing it. Uh, well, I like that game a lot, but also I ha- I'm very. Uh, I only like it because I like dinosaurs. But playing through it Fair. again. I was not having a great time. Like, the shit was way too crazy. The shit was not bussing? Shit was not bussing. Because like, of the mods or just because of the game? No, just because of the game. Like, you could feel it was, yeah. like, an old game. And now let me stay, like say, real quick. Uh, well, two things. One, I have, like, over 600 hours in this game. But uh, I'm looking at it right now, and the space required for this game is 304 gigabytes. It's insane. That's that insane. game's fucking big, dude. Which, it's just, uh, so, it's, is it all down to just super unoptimization? Because the game has always been yes, like that. Yes, it's always been messed absolutely. up. It's all absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, but the game, I mean, it runs fine. It runs, ran fine for me. Uh, but it was just, dude, I, I think this is like mainly up to like server stuff. But that game, that was shit was way too hard. Uh, we had Curtin there in like the first day. And like in the middle of the night, all his shit got killed. And he just, it that blew the wind out of his sails and he just stopped playing it completely. Poor demoralized Kurt. Yeah, we all got demoralized. Then we just basically all trickled off and stopped playing. Uh, and then I uninstalled it and I'll never play it again until Arc 2. I don't want to. Arc 2 I'll play. Until I Vin rings you back in. I don't want to string in. along our, our uh, raft, I mean, but um, I was uh, checking out the wiki page for it. Um, uh, I think a lot of the confusion is that there's like. A lot of confusion in the wiki page about what the story of the game is. So, like, I feel like it changed throughout <laughs> development. Like, I'll, I'll post it real quick, and and listeners, if you want to 
check it out. Go to the Raph video game wiki. And I'm looking at the last paragraph in the gameplay section compared to what's described in the plot section. So let me let me post that for the host real quick. I vaguely, I if you put a gun to my head and ask me about the story of Raph, I couldn't a hundred percent tell you that I remember going to it was like a uh, like a construction site and reading something about us looking for like our dad or something, and that stuck to us and we were like. We gotta find Papa, and we—I—I I swear we kept finding notes about like our dad or something like that, and then like a picture of us was someone else, like an older person, and maybe we just assumed that was our dad, and we were go looking for him. Just take a minute, yeah, no. take a minute to check out that wiki. We we can cut time if we need to, but like look at the last paragraph yeah, of I mean, gameplay, and then look at the plot. Just skim it, and you'll see what I mean. Like there, there were there are two two, two totally different plots described here. So they're trying to find. A husband and daughter. Originally, is that Papa? Is the husband Papa? I uh, I didn't know anything about a husband and daughter, so I don't know. All right, so in the top section, what I'm getting in the top section, it just says that you're looking for your spouse and your daughter. And then in the later section, it says that you're a survivor of the you're a survivor of the Hold forward scouts venturing out into the open seas. In search of habitable uh, land resources. Maybe, maybe it was early access and uh, full... Uh, yeah, I think they totally changed it? the story and full release. Man, uh, we could have been way more Eric motivated Kripke. if we were looking for our uh, daughter. And your I could have gotten way more uh, work out of John. Yeah, I mean, the forest really compels you, doesn't it? Yeah, but that's more just me killing uh, mutants. Campbells, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, Ark, whatever, great. Game stinks nowadays. Uh, Monster Hunter. Uh, I The new Sunbreak came out. We haven't played that much of it. Uh, I think we're like Master Rank 3. Me, Danny, B-Man, and Kurt playing through it. Uh, it's Monster Hunter. Uh, my main issue with it so far is, like I said, we're Hunter Rank 3. Uh, and I haven't, I've seen maybe like two new monsters. Maybe I, yeah, I've seen, uh, a dino hermitar, which is a giant hermit crab and an orange bishiten, which is just a, uh, a different version of a monster from the original game. I feel like they're, uh, they pad, uh, they pad their DLCs and stuff with a bunch mm -hmm. of new monsters or with a bunch of old shit for monster rank. Was this DLC highly anticipated? Hotly anticipated? Oh uh, yeah, you usually are. They uh, this I one, like uh, Iceborne was. I don't know, man. Right, I right. mean, I feel like like all the promotion stuff. You know, I know the new monsters are like you know further in, but I just feel like I've, I, I remember in Iceborne there was like new monsters right away, and this one is like what one or two, maybe three, in the beginning, and I haven't seen any more yet. Hmm. But that's me. That's just me. Is it worth the forty dollars the DLC so far? Oh, it's forty dollars. Yeah, dude. Uh, I've played like six hours of it, so I can't tell you. But I measure my uh, my time as in a dollar an hour. So yeah, probably. Fair enough. Oh, uh, what else do I want to talk is, about? Is man? Monster Hunter the new? Um, fuck. Uh, Monster Munter. Yeah, Monster Hunter. No, it's Monster Hunter, the new fighting game, the new like Street Fighter, where like no. you you just wait until the DLC version comes out and buy a buy a special edition. 
Oh, uh, I don't really think so. I mean, that seems weird. I mean, I don't, I don't really like personally that they're just making Monster Rank an expansion nowadays. Because I, I liked it when it was, you know, part of the original game. Like the end game. But, uh, who the hell knows what they're doing? It's, it's, who knows what they do nowadays. But it's fun. I do love, I love killing monsters. And that's really all the, that's all for me at this point. It's all for you. I just like having fun. All right. Uh, but yeah. Um, I have another game. Uh, so I haven't really played this game, but I gotta, I gotta talk about it because I'm a little upset about it. Uh, Knoxville bought me a Ghostwire Tokyo. Okay. And I was like, Why oh, did he dude. Do that? I don't know. He just uh, oh. out of the blue just bought it for me. I was like, dude, cool. I wanted to play this game. Uh, so I downloaded it. I have 80 minutes in it. Uh, that game is awfully optimized. Oh, really? I cannot get to play. I can't play it for more than like five, 10 minutes without it like chugging to like 15 frames. My frame is dropping every like it. It's crazy. It's awful i first thought you had said that it's awfully optimized like awfully as in like awfully oh, well like it's, optimized. oh it's <laughs> i was like no no yeah the game yeah, is awfully game optimized busted uh, oh yeah i remember this uh trailer this game yeah pretty, game looks fucking sweet. cool i, I really want to play it but i, I can't play it because the fucking game doesn't work I've set my options to low. I went even to the extreme and set my game to 1080 all low settings with the LSS on. And I was it was still dropping frame. And this is a full release. This yeah. Isn't some sort of this, early access. Uh, this is a $60 game. Holy yeah, crap. dude. This came out uh, March, March 25th. Uh, so I looked it up. I went into discussion. And there's just other people who have this issue. Uh, I, I don't think there's any word on this getting fixed. So who knows? Who knows if I'll ever bring this uh, game up again? But I just want I mean, to bring is, up that it's like that's that's pretty fucked, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's fucked. I mean, that's like one For of the sixty dollar game too. That's insane. That's like one in every I don't know three or four games nowadays. Like even AAA games gets released poorly on PC. And, it's just uh, and then you have to like wait a year for them to hopefully patch it and fix it. Yeah. Yeah, I'll just wait for the fan patch. Uh, in like a year, <laughs> or, I'll find or, the next Or as I'll discuss later, not at all. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Or if they just don't care. Yeah, probably. All. That's kind of what I see happening. And it's but, usually the Japanese companies who who uh, don't care <laughs> about fixing their games on PC. Uh, but yeah, it's a bummer, dude. Because I really want to play it. Because it looks cool. But yeah. it just don't run good. And... You know, that kind of kills it. I've been paying it. attention. I, I guess I didn't see that. That's too bad. Oh, uh, but yeah, it's only. I get, but it's funny though because on the uh, store page, it's very positive. But there are negative reviews that say, "Hey, this game looks great. Oh, it just doesn't run great. It runs so maybe really there's just bad. like, yeah, it's just affecting like a certain amount of players. Yeah. So I don't know. I'll just. I'm waiting. Hopefully for a, uh, a fix one of these days, and then I'll play it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's Ghostwire. Yay. Um, another game. Andy, did you talk about Kepler? Uh, yeah, I talked about Kepler. I talked about it pretty extensively, All right. actually. All right, perfect. I'm I'm skipping that. We have not played it <laughs> since. 
Yes, we have not we're, played we're it since. We will play it again. We're gonna get back on that wheel. Right after we get in back in the sniper elite. Right. Uh chivalry, I know you guys have talked about. You guys are insufferable with that. Oh yes. Uh, I got ninety five takedowns, Greg. Great, Andy. I don't care. I have oh, wow. I got like six maybe. Uh my last game I'm gonna talk about. Uh we started this like two days ago. Or no, we started Friday. Uh they released Skyrim's uh Skyrim Together, which is a co-op oh, yeah. mod. And it's uh the full release came out Friday. It uh got quest syncing and all that shit. Me, Kurt, Knoxville, Alex, a few other people like here and there, uh downloaded it and have been playing it. Dude, Skyrim together with the boys is a fucking blast, dude. I I get I I get how Todd gets away with selling this game a hundred times. He could probably sell it one more time if he made this co-op uh like an actual thing. It has seen well, someone works well. Todd. Yeah, it was uh we what do you <clears throat> I was just gonna ask, what do you do? What what makes co-op so great in that game? Like uh I mean you can just play Skyrim with your friends. Uh really what really made it fun no, is we, we uh, fun, you gotta remember that. You're right, you're right. Uh, it's just, we, we've been playing the game, uh, I think every town we go to, uh, Knoxville immediately runs away and steals everything in sight. Uh, Kurt causes chaos in the town, and we just, I just try to do quests and whatnot. Uh, we joined the Dawn Guard, which was awesome. Uh, we got our shouts, which, uh, your shout, your, uh, that Fusro Da, you can shoot that at people, and it will hit your co-op friends, and they'll go flying. So we spent a lot of time shooting each other off mountains with that. You just know that they like ran into that as a thing and they were like the developers and they were like, we got to include. I would hope it can yeah. affect your friends. Uh, but it's really synced up, which is awesome. Uh, like most of the enemies were like when we were on a. Uh, well, first we played it the first time we played it. The servers were they didn't have any servers for us. So we made our own server and it was kind of like. It had some desync and some guys crashed, but uh, it wasn't that bad. But then we next time we played, we got like a nice server and it was smooth as butter, dude. We had a blast. That's good. Oh, uh, but yeah, dude, I uh, I've been having. I like it. I think it's fun. You does, guys should. Does join anything me. change? Like, what do you mean? Like when when you're playing co-op, like do they add more enemies? Oh, uh, enemies, enemies are yeah, enemies are tougher. <laughs> um. There are some enemies that do bug out and they have infinite health. Like, but that's only for like a like a few minutes. Like when you kill them, their health bar will disappear and they'll still attack you for like a few seconds before they actually die. Hmm. Uh so what we've had to do is I bought a few perks uh for my two-handed weapon, and I just walk up to them and I just keep holding down the right trigger. And uh I'll do like a special move where I like slice their head off, and that's what instantly kills them. So we just so keep pretending like, they're like we like literally pretend they're vampires, and when they get yeah. low enough, I just come up and chop their head off so they don't come back. <laughs> Remove the head so they don't come back. I love Dude, that. It is I, but oh uh, man, I I have I've been having a lot of fun. I tried to uh, join the vampires, but I couldn't because the game bugged out. Uh, so I tried to be a van- turn into a vampire in front of them, and they all exploded into vampires. Also, like the uh, the vampire <laughs> lord, sympathetic vampirization. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, dude. I'm hoping we continue that more. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, there haven't been, you know, crazy issues, which I'm surprised aren't 
you know, a thing. And then we're going to convince everyone to download Morrowind and we're going to have a big Morrowind game, co-op game. Through the uh, through the thing we've used before, the Morrowind co-op experience. Yeah, that's what actually, I'm Me and Andy were talking about it a little I bit. I actually do have everything downloaded. I feel like I might, trigger. Uh, I I think might enjoy a uh, Morrowind playthrough. I never played that game. We 100% should play that. Do you want to play Morrowind after this? Isn't that game like a little... Uh, it's a quick download. I guess 10 minutes we'd be in uh, game. Maybe. 10 minutes. Yeah. I mean, uh, that that game sounds like a little bit more fun, I guess, to me than like Skyrim co-op. Because like you could actually, I'm not saying you guys aren't playing the quests in Skyrim. You obviously are. But in Morrowind, isn't, isn't it like nothing's really like, uh, well, there's no quest markers. Yeah, you everything's like, like find, everything you need to like find yourself and, and shit. Which, so it's kind of cool, like as a group kind of. Do yeah, do that. Do your own thing. And, do whatever. The, like, uh, I played it. I want to say last year I played it with my my friend Gabe, and we did most of the Mages Guild stuff. Like we just were running through that for like a few days, and then halfway through we just me and him just started doing different stuff, and like we just <laughs> left and did our own thing for like a few hours, then met back up, showed our shit off, and then uh, went back at it. I would love to play Morrowind. We should definitely have to do that. I think I still have it set up. I just gotta check. I don't think yeah, I have the multiplayer. Last, did we installed. use any mods at all? Other than the one necessary to run the I don't point? remember. If we did, it would have been at like Kurt's behest. I wouldn't have said that. We, we didn't use any Because we didn't need mods. to, right? Because we were using OpenMW, which was already like kind of like yeah, a, open, mod, a modern open, rebuild open of the Morrowind. game. Yeah, that basically, they, yeah, open, uh, open Morrowind, they, uh, Basically remade that game and you know fixed a lot of their fucking shit. And, uh, and unlike Skyrim, unlike Skyrim together, um, Open MW is compatible with the Xbox Game Pass version of Morrowind. Oh yeah, it is open with uh, Game Pass. So there you go, Vito. Yeah, to oh. get that shit downloaded. Oh cool, so I don't have to buy the game. And Morrowind's not too old to be playable because it looks ugly. As no, shit. Open dude, MW looks better. Open MW does look better, but also I Morrowind is a classic game. I don't think you can ever get bored of playing that game. Dude, let's do it. Okay. It'll be fun. In before Vito gets bored of that game. You in Flask? <laughs> like, yeah. Next yeah, Flask. Yeah, oh, the next podcast. For the, for, the, for the Broken Campfire run of Morrowind? Yeah, I suppose I'd, I'd partake. All right, cool. We never really got... Well, now you're like, obligated, Vito. Like, what things. else could you do? Right? Yeah, we're all obligated now. <laughs> Anyway, uh, let's get yeah, through this shitty... Po- I mean... That's all my video games. <laughs> uh, I watched one TV show. I watched Stranger Things, the new season. Oh, yeah. You, 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 you watch you watch FRFRNGL? For real, for real, Nuggle Yeah, 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 yeah. For no cap. It was pretty cool, dude. I mean, I like Stranger... I don't like... uh, What's her face? Uh, Eleven? I don't really give a shit about her or her, her dumb hand power. Uh, but, like, the monster things, the Demogorgons and all that, I thought those were cool. Uh, what's his name? Vecna, the big bad guy. Uh, Mind-exploding people was cool. I'm excited for the next season. I think that shit's going to be nutty. That's the last one, I've heard one, right? good things about this uh, season four. It was cool. I think ever divisive things. Every, this is the last one. I don't. Every I don't episode was like over an hour long, dude. I think the last episode was like two hours twenty five minutes. It was crazy. The only thing I heard about I heard about this season is that I guess there's different plot groups and like 
most of them don't. Yeah, don't some of them straight up suck. Like NGL dog, a lot of those plots just were like uh, f- literally throwaway and just whatever. Uh, but there were some good ones. There were definitely some good ones in there. I feel like that would because that would make me. me upset if I was watching yeah. a show where every episode's over an hour and half the plot doesn't matter. It's like, all right, well, why don't they just me cut too. this and make it like a normal show? True, I've never I do seen feel that. that sort of that show. The fan base makes it hard to want to ever. Yeah, well, I mean, I've said it many, many times. Uh, The fan base for... I like a lot of shows, and usually the fan base for the shows I like uh, are fucking awful. So I just, you know, fuck them. I am a fan, but I'm not part of your base. Fuck them, dude. Yeah, I don't pay attention to fan bases. Stranger Things season one is incredible. Yeah, dude, I I like this. I say it like a million times, but I'm a big fan of monster designs. And, uh... Like, they have this one, uh, or, like, that Demogorgon, which is, like, the main one from the uh, first season, the big, tall, gross-looking one. They have yeah. that one in uh, in this season, Maybe. but he's, like, in a Russian camp. Looks fucking so cool. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he's a Russian version. <laughs> uh, he pretty much is a Russian version. That's funny. The Russian season. But I'd, I recommend it. Right, I mean, I don't right. know... I would recommend it, man. Yeah, I like I said, I don't care, give a shit about Eleven. I think her stuff's kind of whatever. Nice save. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's it. That's uh, that's me, man. All right, thanks, Greg. Uh, God bless. Speaking of Eleven, I'm thinking of turning it down, as in going to a break. Oh. Uh, Oh yeah, that did yeah. Uh, yeah. that did that That's did drag. Good one. I just want to subvert some expectations before we head into the break. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one, dog. We'll be back. <laughs> if I was the type of person to buy something like this, like what I just posted, I would be so annoyed by this cover. Mad Anthology Max. Mad Anthology Max. <laughs> Why would that. they do that? Who who was paid to make that? Why is why is the guy in the copter thing the symbol? Well, they wanted to keep the graphic of the car on the bottom. Right. And they really liked the idea of the max behind it. Right. So where do you put anthology? Just, just put it that. above. Can't put it why top. not? That's an anthology, Mad Max. <laughs> That's better than what they have it, I guess. But it's so yeah, weird. I, I would have. I mean, this looks cheap. Like, like I could do this. <laughs> it looks bad. Uh, yeah. In no, a day, it's, it's terrible. But also, like, uh, you if you could, you could just pull the car up, put Mad Max and the car, and then like have a bit of desert at the bottom with anthology. You oh know? Yeah. yeah, written in the oh, sand. Yeah. Yeah. I smell you. Let's get back at it. Come back, everybody. Well, thank you, man. I'm back. I'm gonna jump a little bit into me. Might as well oh, jump. Oh, boy. I hinted at it earlier, but I played Bioshock Remastered. At least seven or hours of it or so. I only say that jumping back into Bioshock was a lot of fun. The game still holds up. Uh, I hadn't played it since the 360 era, probably since around it came when it first came out. I probably only played it a couple times, but 
was still having a lot of fun. It didn't feel dated really at all. Um, powers are great, etc. Uh, that being said, it crashed on average like a little more than every half hour for me, <laughs> uh, including uh, like two or three times while I was saving. Oh, and the last time it God. closed while I was saving or it crashed while I was saving, I just I I had to uninstall it because it was fun enough that I was willing to get baited into like trying to play it. Um, but yeah, for my own mental health, I just moved on. Yeah, I was saying it's unfortunate. Um, I mean, I told you this, but if you had expressed interest to me, I would have definitely had you avoid the remastered versions because sure. they're notorious. It's and kind I, of just a whim, you know? Yeah. It's so strange, though. Like, why are they, why are they not fixed yet, yeah, you know? When did those come out? Do you know? I want to say, like, 2017. Yeah, like, years not, ago. Not at all recently. Many years ago. Like, but they're not at all fixed yet. And... There's not even really like a stable solution. Like the solutions I was reading online of people trying were crazy. And I even tried some of them, several of them, and I can never get it fixed. So it was just a real damn shame. Yep. Um, I moved on to Bioshock 2. This time I wisened up a little bit and I did <laughs> not play the Bioshock 2 remaster, which I have read uh, shares many of the same problems, if not all the same. Cause it's oh, yeah. The same I started trying with Bioshock t- remastered. Bioshock 2 remastered, and uh, yeah, same problems. I had crashes and stuff like that, you, so I switched. I know you've beat it before, but like, have you beat it in your recent playthrough? Beat Bioshock 2? Bioshock 2, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I played through Bioshock 2 and Minerva's Den. Okay, great, yeah. I haven't gotten to Minerva's Den yet. Um, and I'm in Dionysus Park, I think, near the end of okay. that level. But I'm really enjoying the game. Um, I can see why you got the criticism it did, because it's not... Like, on the surface, as special as Bioshock. Like, I think one of the things that, like, Bioshock 1, or to, like, just try to put in a few words in contrast to Bioshock 2, feels a lot less like a video game. You know what I mean? It's it like feels like an immersive experience. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Whereas Bioshock 2, you see the trappings of, of the video game-ness all around you. You know what I mean? There's, there's set loops, and you understand those loops very quickly, and, like, those loops hold true for, like, the whole game. But that being said, it's it, they're very fun loops, and I'm enjoying the gameplay a lot. And I'm sure say, some like, people like that more. Improvements, but for well, us, I, was gonna say, I, I think I, we value yeah, the experience. I think Bioshock 1 is a better experience, but like, gameplay-wise, I, I do enjoy Bioshock 2's like, gameplay and quality of life improvements. Like The fact that you can have, you know, they've figured out so that you have like both your plasmid and your weapon out at the same time, so you can like yes. swap your hands around, you know. Stuff like that's really cool. And I do enjoy the loop of like, you're playing as a big daddy. Um, the side loop is that you save little sisters and then you like go gather Adam with him. And like you have like a territorial defense segment where like you're protecting the little sister while things come out and attack it. The game gives you a lot of options that make segments like that interesting. So, um, a lot of fun. Enjoying Bioshock 2. Cool. Uh, let's see. Where is Octo Chivalry? Uh, I think that kind of hits the highlights video gaming wise for me. I'm glad I inflicted that upon you. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I am too. I'm enjoying it. I feel like there was another game I was playing, but, you know, it's one of those things where if you can't think about it, can't remember what it was, it's probably not worth mentioning at all. Mm. Unless you're just Oh, Andy, congratulations on the kid, by the way. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, probably not worth mentioning. That being said, 
I've finished Twin Peaks season two. I don't think I talked about that, right? Because I feel like I did that more recently. Uh, I don't think you had finished like everything. Last well, I finished time. season two, and I've watched like half of Fire Walk with me. Not because it's bad, but because I, I was getting tired. Yeah. Um, man, the where it goes in season two is really cool. Um, despite as I talked with at least Flasky about the mid season slump that everybody talks about it has a really cool ending and, and i i'm really vibing with firewalk with me so far it's my first real like exposure to david lynch and i think I, i'm really digging his style and i, I want to check out more of his stuff after this i know i know he's somewhat contentious um maybe you guys have opinions on him but uh I, i'm enjoying the vibe where he's just trying to create vibes and he has it all figured out but he's never going to explain it to you because he thinks <laughs> that the way that you feel about it is more important than what he could say to you. Yes. I dig that. Yeah. Has, I, I dug a, a little, uh, sorry, go ahead, Flask. I, I have oh, more no. to say, but I, I want to hear okay. what you have to say. I was just going to say, like, I, I'm, I am actually glad to hear from someone like you who hasn't really experienced him before, but is getting a lot out of like Twin Peaks that as, as a whole thing uh, and Lynch as a creator, because uh, for me, it it is a little bit like hit or miss. And, um, I like I do value your opinion on stuff, so I'm I. It is interesting to hear like, oh, I'm I'm really enjoying this. I'm getting a lot out of the vibe, and um, even though I like certain stuff about Twin Peaks, some other stuff was like less so for me. I I guess it just feels kind of comforting and cool that like he doesn't really care if you understand it. You know what I mean? Like he's right. just he's trying to make you feel things, and so like I can get really immersed into like an episode of Twin Peaks, particularly when it does. You know, I think I can say this without spoiling anything, but maybe you remember the moment Flask, but there's a moment in season two where the giant appears and says it's happening again, and Cooper is all alone watching the giant on stage while something important is happening. Right. Like moments like that are just so hard to explain, but like make you feel this like heightened sense of suspense and like mystery and intrigue. Like he's tapping into he's your really primal good. emotions or something like that. Exactly. I think that Lynch is really great at like Weaving those kinds of tapestries, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I'm I I'm really vibing off of it. Uh, and I, I was actually going to talk a little about him because I had never really looked much into him other than just knowing that he carried with him a certain amount of pedigree that he was respected as an auteur. Um, some things you guys might not know, I'm sure Flask does. Uh, he was a painter before he became a director, and he kind of like stumbled into his success. It seems um, so. Like when he writes his scripts, he famously veers off script. Because he like describes his scripts as kind of like a poor word painting, you know what I mean? Like he has an image in his brain, and he's not afraid of deviating from it. I, I respect that. And the other thing is, have has anyone here seen Eraserhead? Yeah, I have. No, no I've not. Okay, well, David Lynch is apparently famous for being asked why his most spiritual film was, uh, and he said Eraserhead, and the reporter asked to explain. And he said no. no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as he said, he cares more about what it means to you than what it means to him. Yeah, and I, and I vibe with that. I vibe with that for sure. And he's such a funny creator, too, because, like, he's done all this crazy shit, like, uh, you know, Mulholland Drive and then Empire-type st- stuff. And then he's also done, like, uh, what was it? Uh, Straight Story or whatever it was called and, like, uh, Dune. Which of course that's like his one kind yeah. of outlier prod, uh, yeah. movie, but 
but it, yeah, it's yeah, just like Dune, he's a weird like, like you said, Dune, Dune is a famous like over overextension. You know what I mean, or however you want to say it. Like mm-hmm. he uh, he bit off way more than he could chew. There's is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, interesting career for sure. And then it seems like nobody else is going to talk about it, so I'll bring it up. We finished the boys. I was leaving it to you. So we we kind of hyped up the last episode a little bit, I think, because we were we, we were kind of excited. The about it. season was the season had been great. We were all saying great things about season three. I, I think our last episode where we talked about it was right after episode six, Herogasm, which was uh like really good. So we were kind of hyped up, I think, the last time we talked about it. Um, so, yeah, we obviously, spoilers. Uh, hopefully you've seen the boys. Um, season 3, episode 10, episode 8, whatever the last season was, kind of just, in a lot of ways, reset us back to where it started or where season 2 seemed like it was leading us to. Yeah. As well, it uh, pulled a lot of punches. doesn't feel right for the boys. Spoilers for The Boys season 3 until 13216. Um you know this show's built up Black Noir as a character a lot in the last couple episodes. Um and his eventual encounter with Soldier Boy, he never gets that. You know, he doesn't even see Soldier Boy before he gets iced. Um He's and then he's the only character that dies that episode. You know, this whole season, Frenchie and Kimiko basically have done nothing. I mean, they've they've done stuff, but like they they haven't really progressed as characters. Is what I'm trying to say. Huey, this season, I guess has progressed as a character, but it feels kind of unearned because I didn't think that his character had the problems that Eric Kripke invented for him this season. So it's kind of like the character walking back and then growing back to where they were. You know what I mean? Right. Um. I think Huey, oh, sorry, Frenchie and Kamiko do have a, a progression. I mean, you might not like it, or maybe you do, or maybe you forgot about it, but they do, you know, the way it's written is that Frenchie is no longer a dog on anybody's leash, and Kamiko is, she's made great strides, I guess, in accepting her powers. I mean, there might be some shoddy writing there, but there was a sort of progression with those two characters. Fair enough. Uh, I, I guess I feel that it's not like meaningfully different than where she was on, and right. like the scene where Frenchie in season one, where Frenchie is like with her in the alley and she like revives. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like right. that scene like had a lot of the heart and emotion that this season was trying to make more explicit. And like, I guess it's fine that they went that way because like their their episodes were entertaining enough. But it did just kind of feel like let's just get them out of the way for a while so we can do other things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had the whole Nina plot, which just you know, was a plot. It just kind of yeah, it just didn't really tie in the the main story in Wait, a way Nina that I, the... I cared about. Nina is just somebody from Frenchie's little, past. Little, uh, little Nina, the the lady who used to control Frenchie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there is a sort of end to that arc, but I just didn't find it all that interesting. The Black Noir stuff, I think, was like some of the most egregious shit. I mean, where it really lost me was the whole fight scene in Vought Tower. 
It's not the Sage for Flask who hasn't seen it, I don't think. Uh, we have Soldier Boy, Homelander, Maeve, Starlight, Mother's Milk, you know, all the boys basically um, against Homelander. And Ryan ends up being there as well. Ryan, who we hadn't seen since episode one because oh, he's just a stupid non-character plot device, basically. Um, and Soldier Boy is about to kill Homelander when, when you know, Homelander jumps in front of Ryan and then... Uh, Butcher stops Soldier Boy, I think, and all of a sudden, Ryan, Soldier like, Boy. Yeah. Where uh, the show sorry, lost Soldier me Boy is hits. where Soldier or, or Butcher and Homelander give each other a look, like not now, and like they like Butcher starts going against Soldier Boy, while Homelander starts fighting Maeve, and it's like, oh, come on, come <laughs> on, uh, and especially be and, and I'm, it's cheating a little bit that I complain about this because Eric Kripke is so fucking stupid. That he goes out into does interviews where he admits to figuring this out halfway through the season, like it's like a, a badge of pride. But like he was in one of his interviews, like talking about breaking the season and how midway through, one of his writers said, "What if Soldier Boy was Homelander's dad?" Which is the whole plot thing that gets in the middle there and why there's like drama between right. you know Soldier Boy and Homelander and Ryan, and that's how they get out of uh, building everything up to go nowhere. Because they can just throw Ryan into the middle of it, and hey, status quo has to go back to normal because we got to be nice around the kid. Yeah, oh, it felt then, like if you were right. if you were Homelander this season, you watched the boys like <laughs> establish a, a a strategy to kill you, and then try to kill you, and then stop themselves, <laughs> and Thanks, then walk guys. out of the room. Yeah. Oh, uh, in in Homelander's fight with Maeve, um, and mind you, they don't pay this off by having Maeve die. They just may pay it off by having Maeve look like she was dead for a few minutes. But Homelander and Maeve have an epic fight where it looks like Maeve could win at any minute, like yeah. literally making Homelander bleed. And it's like, why is home? Why isn't huh. Homelander just killing her? Yeah, like Homelander's like even this season, they've been talking about how strong and powerful he is. When instead, like. We're seeing on screen that like all it takes is just a like a handful of super powered soups against him. Now, granted, yeah. Maeve is supposed to be like exceptionally strong, but still, and you know, and, that's not just and a Butcher mistake of choreography or whatever. Boy. Eric Kripke also said in an interview that he wanted to make it look like Maeve could win at any second. So again, I'm cheating because I'm using but the why? show in his own words. <laughs> and you got Butcher fighting Soldier Boy on the Temp V, and he's. Almost just a strong soldier boy, where he's he's holding he's holding his own, you know, um, which I think you brought up. Like, well, why why don't why is this their plan? Why didn't why don't they just get a bunch of people on Temp V and take Homelander on? Yeah, it seems like I you mean, could do it. If they could find just like fifteen people on Facebook, I'm sure, who would want to kill Homelander. Get him Temp V and throw him at him, and it looks like he's dead based on like what we yeah. saw here. Uh, yeah, it just felt like the season, like the team was just like tripping all over their own feet. Like the plot just kind of seemed to be that half of them wanted to do one thing and half of them didn't want to do anything. And then they ended up not doing anything. I, I really together. feel like, and this is the uncharitable read, but the one that feels hard to get away from. I really feel like the show is like kind of overseeing its welcome a little bit. And, you know, I, 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 I feel strongly this this should have been a four season show. 
based on like how season two ended, I feel like they had two more seasons. And I still feel like if the pacing wasn't as inconsistent and bad as it was sometimes, I think that would still be true. But like this feels instead like they could even drag this out to like six seasons, maybe. I don't know. But like Jeez. They could very easily like have an episode or two at the beginning where we need a new vil- we meet a new villain, Homelander makes some like ominous threats and like we reestablish that Homelander is like the true threat. Then four or five episodes of the boys arguing and having little side plots and like maybe Huey and Starlight start fighting again. And then at the very end, Ryan gets in somehow and like changes everything. I don't know. Returns to status quo. It's basically how season two and three went. Can I just season three, I think was much better than season two. Can I make an observation that I, I think like, I think it could be debated with, although I don't think it's necessarily worth debating with because it's just like something I'm thinking of, but it's not really like a a statement or anything like that. Um, this is kind of the way I felt about the show the whole time to a lesser degree, and I feel like it's just getting more egregious now uh, with the ending to this season and the what's come out, as you said, about like what Kripke's uh, creative process has been in developing the storyline for the show. Um, you know, there, there there are some good episodes though. Like there are yeah. some really cool episodes and scenes, and like, and I don't deny just, that the show gets you with where the episodes are the build up and the tension and like teasing of things to come. It's just yeah. later on, then he shows that he doesn't really think about it much, and actually, you know, what you thought was going to come isn't, but instead something much dumber. Well, that ties into my point yeah, of I like. Mean, you know, this was uh, adapted from a comic book, but is really not the same at all. And, you know, there's something to be said for even though you could argue like the comic book being worse than the show for sure. Um, I don't have any particular affection for the comic book myself. Uh, but I think what it does right is the through line of a single creator's vision really guiding the the storyline of the book yeah, sure. and like a, a sort of knowledge of where it's headed and what the characters are going to do. Um, and even though it's like, you know, the comic book itself is like ugly and uh, messed up and like, and, and not particularly even like super well told, I think it like nails the beats and resolves really well. And um, I don't know, maybe it's cause there's like more people working on a television show and there's more expectations for like what it should be. Or it's just like it was diverted by part of it for sure. by like audience expectations stuff like that. I don't know, but like the different medium, I think, kind of like because even though um, why am I blanking on Garth Enos? Garth, Garth Enos, Jesus, I couldn't think of his name all of a sudden. Even though Garth Enos notoriously hates superheroes, uh, he still clearly loves like comic books and was able to tell like the story he wanted to tell through the medium. Um, yeah, dude. I mean, there's some there's some issues. Or that are that are really actually really good. Like uh, one of the six on my brain is uh, the the one called "What I Know" or whatever, where it's just there, there's a strong theme throughout, you know, and it's told very well. There, there's there's some standouts in the series, is what I'm saying, but mm-hmm. you know, um, there's definitely a lot to like be like to like there. I mean, I feel like as far as the show goes, one episode ago we were all on board saying. We love the show. I mean, I love the show and we thought the season was great. And I feel like the setup for the final episode was, was fine. There was nothing really wrong with it. It was all good. We wanted to see Black Noir go in there and 
maybe who's going to kill Soldier Boy. We wanted to see Soldier Boy and Homelander duke it out. Um, like all the setup was there, and then like I feel like just for the sake of subversion, that last episode ended up just shitting all over all that setup. Oh, for sure. And you know, this is a podcast. This is the time to air hot takes. Uh, and this shouldn't even be a hot take, in my opinion. The Homelander equals Trump stuff has been, it, it's it's so bad. Like, it's like, I get it. it. It's a little cute. But they have gone totally off the deep end with the parallels that I that previously in, the, in past seasons I thought were subtle enough. But this season is just, it doesn't make any sense. It's not consistent with the story. Basically, Homelander is literally Trump in in the story as far as, like, the media is concerned even though he is also Mickey Mouse. <laughs> like, he is, he has 90-plus percent approval ratings, is what we're told. And then what we're shown is that he has rallies where he and a bunch of people wearing red shirts uh, yell about the fake news media. It's like they're just painting this thing from the president lazily onto it mm-hmm. when it's like... <sighs> Make no mistake, you know, I, I don't like Trump. It's just the, the no, way the I, season I, ended was a rally where Homelander lasered a guy who was a, a libtard. Literally, a character yelled libtard at him. And Homelander lasered him. Um, And Ryan's a bad guy now because Ryan liked that. <laughs> and oh, after Homelander lasered him, everybody started cheering. Cool. Yeah, I, I think when the season started off, I was a big fan of the satire, but I, I definitely got those vibes too. Like, all right, Some, all sometimes right, come it's, on. it's like, funny let's, and done let's well. have like a plot the, like the A trade yeah. energy drink scene, or like the imagined scene. Those were all like a lot of fun, you know. I mean, they were very obvious, but like, I guess where I get triggered is like after seeing that, like the Variety had a piece where it said the boys is the smartest political satire in television. It's like no, it's not. It's parody, you know. It's not. It's yeah. not satire. It's literally just doing the thing. You know what I mean? Right. And once it, once it starts bleeding into, like, the main plot, like, for instance, that scene that you mentioned, it gets a little, a little tiresome. <clears throat> like, that's that's his vision for where the season should have ended. It's like, ugh. And I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm just a nerd to get prickly about that kind of thing, but next, uh, next season, I think we're going to see a very weird... January 6th riot. Oh, for sure. That sounds about right. And Flask, uh, the only other thing you missed for the finale is that uh, Butcher, from as a consequence of having taken too much Temp V, has 18 months to live. Who does? Butcher. Uh, okay. Butcher and Huey from taking the Temp, the temp No, v. Huey doesn't have not, it. Not sorry, not, 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 not Huey. Huey, not Huey took three doses, which is kind of risky, right. but it's not grow tumors you see is that really that fifth dose that gives the tumors their, their 18 months the tumor dose right all right another really all right. weird plot beat so does that, that kind of puts a one. unless they like fix that that kind of puts a a time limit on the show <laughs> unless they're completely I mean, sure it does and it really doesn't right because like they could do whatever at they any want any moment yeah. they could do whatever they want exactly there could be a whole season plot about getting it fixed, like where there's a hero that they know that cures people, but he's like locked up or something. I don't know. You know what I mean? 
and they like blackmail him. Yeah, it's pretty incredible what but what one season finale episode can do to our opinions of a show. It's not just the finale episode though, right? It's like what I've been saying throughout like this whole segment. It's like it's not just the finale. It's the showrunner going out there and like he, the stuff that he's like talking about a lot that he seems very proud of is like the right. stuff that we're most bothered by. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the way that he's talking about his show is is totally not the way that. I in my in my best vision of the show, I'd imagine the creator talking about it. You know what I mean? It's certainly not like I don't know. It's not how I'll imagine Garthinus or whatever that's that's worth describing the boys. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. This is reminding me. That was a long. One. I don't think it's. I don't think it's like really comparable because it seems like uh, the people who were enjoying it, like yourselves, were getting enjoyment out of it right up until a certain point, but. I do see some comparison in uh, how Game of Thrones went, where like the, the eighth up, yeah. season was the one that people were finally like, oh, this one's shitty enough to have retroactively ruined the whole series. And I'm sitting there like, I've disliked this show since season five. Season four was the last good season of the show. <laughs> and everyone is like, it was like, no, it's it was only the last season. That ru- I can't believe they ruined the, they didn't stick the landing. They uh, ruined yeah. the ending. I was right there with you in Game of Thrones too. Yeah. In season four... I thought it was pretty uh, rocky, and then it got the way it ended was really bad. But um, yeah, no, I I guess the boys kind of tricked me. You know, I, I didn't think season two was great, was good or great. Mm. And uh, th- there were bits of season three that felt like they were like kind of resetting us back to where the comics started in some ways, and they were introducing a lot more heroes. There was a lot more powers going. Like there was new things and like seemed like things were moving. It seemed like the boys had grown up a little bit. Um, and then, like, somewhere around mid to late season, the main plot point started kind of, like, giving me, like, eh, vibes. And even though it was mostly good, stuff like M.M. and Soldier Boy, his scene, and Starlight and Huey's whole arc. I don't know. Um, it, it seems like the showrunners, the writers, whatever, you know, it's, it, it's still probably a good show on the whole, but they're really great at, like, building you up and not so great at delivering. And maybe it's because they don't really think about it, you know, so they can build up however they want and then, you know, just play with the balls in motion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I thought Soldier Boy was a great character. Whenever he was on the screen, I really liked watching him. I thought he was fucking funny. Yeah, um, Jensen Ackles was really good. Yeah, he was good. He was great. And then they didn't even know what, they didn't know what to do with him. Like, they didn't know how to, f- what to, how to end that arc. To flesh him out. Yeah. Flesh him out he, more. Or just, have, really a, just have an ending. this season... Like think about think about what happened this season and what he did is that he killed a bunch of heroes that were introduced this season. We, nobody that we cared about, right, uh, or knew about before season three. He began the season locked up in captivity by the government, Russian government, and he ends the season locked up in captivity by the government, the yeah. U.S. government. Oh, and so we like, didn't comment on uh, was he locked up by the? Uh, I thought he was locked up by Vaught. Vaught, yeah, same, yeah, whatever. Well, I thought it was like the CIA, but maybe it is. I thought it, I thought it was a uh, vault and all them like had him locked. Oh, it was it was Mallory. Remember, Mallory was looking over at his encased ice. She's CIA oh, right. I don't know why I keep I kept I keep confusing her. I don't know why at the end for that redheaded chick. Oh, oh that, Ashley. Uh, yeah. yeah, Ashley. Yeah, that they had fucking old man and makes her take her hair off at the end. All fucked up. We didn't even comment on that. That the showrunner is saying that. Or did you say that? That Soldier Boy is coming back? No, 
Soldier Boy no, is coming so that, back. That, Black Noir. That just gets to no, hang on. That just gets to how little is he thinks about said? the show. He said Maeve will come back because he couldn't live with himself if she didn't come back before the end. And he said Soldier Boy may or may not come back. He hopes so. And then for Black Noir, <laughs> he said Black Noir will come back, but somebody else will be wearing the suit and mask. Okay. Maybe. Um, so stupid. I all hate right. all three so of those. So if you're going to bring... But if you're going to bring Soldier Boy back, then what was the point of uh, putting him in the... Uh, showing that last scene of him, like, putting him in the tube? Or I'm sure. I'm so sure so do that it all at over any again. point... Exactly. At, at any point, they could now introduce a plot point where somebody... Boy, hey, at, con. Breaking somebody, you out again. Somebody's going to develop a weapon that nullifies powers. At any point, it's it's useful. Anyway... That's me. That was a long one, but I'm done. And the boys is too for now. Wow. Yeah. Meanwhile, what have you been up to these last couple of weeks? Oh, just uh <clears throat> well I saw um I saw the Thor Ragnarok parody Thor Love and Thunder. Parody? What does that mean? Oh, this this movie is a, a parody of the previous one. You know, the previous one was like a like a more funny Thor movie. This one's kind of like an even funnier one. Spoilery stuff for Thor Ragnarok mostly until one thirty nine fifty. Oh, uh, all right, like not even to like to like no no memes and whatnot. Uh, Ragnarok, the last one, uh, the end, like the whole like basically the Thor's like hometown gets blown up, right? And that's yeah, like, Ragnarok before, occurs like, to Asgard and. Yeah, Asgard itself. All right, is so this one is you said a parody of this? Uh, not actually, I'm joking, but I'm just saying. Oh, it's, he's oh, made, he's made, oh okay. That's well, where I was like, on. wait, what? Is let that, me is let me, that... let me translate. Flask is saying that it took a little bit of what Thor: Love and Thunder did, and that people were loved about it, and then really overdid it on that part. And Flask didn't like it because of that. Am I right? But Flask? isn't that I like mean, that's kinda, just yeah, Marvel yeah. in general now, right? They uh they took what was like the good parts of it and just oversaturated it, so yes. it's like whatever. I'm not saying point. you're wrong, Flask. I'm just I'm just saying that's that's what you're saying. Yeah, I'm, I'm making a joke to that effect that it's even more over the top in terms of the the comedy and the, the irreverence towards its subject and uh, source material. Uh, it was gotcha. not good. It it could have been good, and it had good stuff in it, but the movie itself was not good. That's a bummer, dude, because I like Thor and yeah. I like Guardians of the Galaxy. I think they're interesting. I am one of those right? weirdos. The are in it. They are for a brief time, yeah. And though oh. though they're not well utilized, like don't go in oh. expecting them All to right. be any good. Um, but I'm one of those weirdos who I actually kind of um, liked the first two Thor movies. Not, I shouldn't say I liked them like more than other movies in the MCU, but I didn't dislike them. Similarly, I did not. I do not remember the second one. I don't blame you. <laughs> I don't blame you. I my uh, by I know I've seen it. I could not tell you a thing about it. Um, How is um Natalie Portman? Or she's like she uh she's she Thor right? Yeah, she comes in. She she's good actually. She um, you know she's she does an acceptable job of like of playing the character. Um, what they do with the character is kind of interesting it's it's very much a reflection of what they did with her in the comics for the whole female thor thing lady thor um yeah i gotta watch it because i thought uh what do you call it that hammer thing that thor's hammer mjolnir it, i thought that exploded and i saw it in like, a trailer she had it so <laughs> yeah it, it i didn't i was like oh that's all right was burst in ragnarok 
but then developments occur. So right now Thor is wielding a Stormbreaker, which is the axe that he makes. Anyway, um, yeah, it's a uh, it's a decent production actually, but it's like it's infected with the strain, the oversaturation. Yeah, of it's a Taika, right? Taika Waititi. Yes, he did Ragnarok as well. Um, and he voices the character. Uh, uh, Rockman. God damn it! I have I have fucking Korg. 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 Jeez, I had I had Throg in my head, but that's a John thing. <laughs> I have Throg from from John. Um, no, yeah, Korg, the rock guy. He voices that character. Um, uh, that way, he was trying to make him like a main thing. Yes, he was good in Ragnarok. Not so good in this one. I think no, Korg I is sort of was- like overstayed his welcome. Or is just being yeah. like written more poorly? I don't know. Rockman, you need to go home. <laughs> go home, Rockman. Uh, yeah, it's a strain of what I like to call stupid as fuck disease. Otherwise known as, uh, I've never read a comic book, but I, I think I have a bunch of hilarious, jokey material about them and like a feature film budget disease. Ooh. Um, and with the side of, of course, stuff doesn't make sense disease, <laughs> which just pervades the MCU. Um, but I, you know, I give credit to all the visual effects people and in all the levels of production and like, you know, all the people who design everything for making the, um, nice save in terms of like judging the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Remembering the little people. Oh yeah. No, like you got it. You got to remember that there's so many people working in this movie. It's not Taika making the movie. It's Taika leading the charge on a whole production and all the, all the, so like all that assorted stuff, associated stuff is uh, is well done. You know, it's up to the standard of the MCU. All the action scenes are pretty good. You know, it's like how how mad can you well, be? Well, I, I feel like that's like a bare action. minimum, dude. Yeah, you would hope for a Marvel movie. Be. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I also give credit to uh, to Christian Bale because and because he did a good job and like there's just enough effectiveness in his scenes to make him like a worthwhile. Who was um Christian Bale? He's the villain. In this one, um, what's the uh, what's the villain's name? Oh, uh, Gore. Gore. Yeah, it's this is adapted from a uh, a story arc that Jason Aaron did. It was kind of Jason Aaron's breakout um, book back in like 2011 or something, um, called Thor: God of Thunder, I believe, and it was like a, a story arc with this this villain Gore. And um, it it adapts that character and like sort of the thrust of the story of his storyline, but it doesn't it doesn't really adapt that that story arc at all the same way. Dude, this guy um, looks weird as hell. He looks like a character I would make uh, a custom <laughs> character. <laughs> he looked weirder in the comic, but they, I think they do a good job making him look sufficiently like uh, weird. Like you said, just should like have a, shaved off the actor's nose. <laughs> that, that would have made him better. Yeah, he looks like that in the comic. He doesn't. He have looks. A nose he looks. I like. I do like. I look in his comic one. I like his comic one a lot more. But is uh, they couldn't his the movie one looks like something I would make if you gave me like a character maker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Um. So yeah, most everything should have been done differently. I think like it should have been an epic story. Uh, but instead, the majority of it feels like like an episode of television. Weirdly, everything's really like rushed and condensed. Um. And they they took one of the most well liked modern Thor stories and they just like gutted it and um, didn't replace it with much except like bad humor. 
So I think if you like reconstructed and rearranged the the storyline of, uh, well, I guess it's mostly the, like the villain. You're saying story you need a Snyder cut of Thor. Yeah, if you if you rearrange the whole thing from the from the jump, uh, and, and like wove it into a different dynamic with Thor, and Thor and Gore, you could actually have had something. But the movie was not interested in that. It was mm. interested in being kind of silly. Oh. so it's too bad. Uh, yeah, I was like, yeah, that's a that's kind of a bummer. I, I mean, was kind of hoping that he watching would... it maybe. Yeah, I, I mean, it's or I'll watch try it if it's everyone here to watch it. If even for like just the action scenes, you know, people with hammers hitting stuff. Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm so behind with all the whole. What is it? Marvel uh, Phase Four. That's what this thing yeah. is. Yeah, I feel like I'm so behind. I barely watched any of the movies for it. Or the, yeah, uh, I don't the blame shows, you. There's a lot. The uh, Disney Plus shows. Mm-hmm. I think I watched. Uh, what was it? Ma- Multiverse of Madness a few weeks ago, which I thought was all right. But uh, yeah, this was probably going to be the next one I watched. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to. I, I think if you don't care, then you'll probably get more enjoyment out of it. <laughs> I think that applies oh, to any of these MCU movies. That, that might don't be good. Really then I'll probably themselves. come in next with like, dude. That was pretty great. <laughs> rocked. Um, and it does rock. It has a lot of a lot of music in it. Rock music. That's all. That's that's good. Uh, is uh, this the um last movie of the uh fifth uh phase four Marvel? No, I think they have more to do. Uh I think they I think they're heading towards like Secret Invasion. I think that's the story arc that they're heading towards. Is that uh the scroll? That is the scrolls. Hell yeah, dude. I cannot wait for the scroll. To show I hope up. that's good. I, I hope it's not stupid. I, th- I hope they I don't do it. I down. think what was it, Marvel vs. Capcom 3? The, the, uh, I saw Super Scroll. Super Scroll, yeah. And I found out about him, and I was like, oh, these dudes cool. Scroll are badass. I'm down for that. Yeah, I Hopefully hope they, they don't, you know, fucking them. suck. <laughs> yeah. Because you could do a really... Yeah, I've always maintained. You could Ever since I heard about them doing this, you could do a really, really cool, like, uh, infiltration. I don't know if they have enough characters to really pull off the same type of stuff that they did from the comics, but... Really cool, like infiltration, sort of who can you trust storylines. I don't know. Hopefully, they can finagle that somehow. Hopefully, yeah. I was like, hopefully, it turns out well. I was hoping that Taika had like learned <clears throat> lessons from Ragnarok and actually pulled back on his tendencies a little bit, but instead he went off. I, I think what you said earlier about, you know, he's leading the production, but I think I read an interview with him just recently about how busy he is and he's got he's literally got like he's juggling like fucking 10 projects where, oh, where yeah. he's he's not even just directing but he's acting in a lot of these he's got um you know he's working on the fucking the next star wars film that's supposed to come <laughs> out in 2023 he's right. acting and writing our flag means death what we do in the shadows season three is just released i think he does a couple oh, episodes of um oh, okay. the disney plus uh Mandal- or mandalorian he did a couple episodes of that this movie um, Take us hot right now. I think he's hot right now, and he's got his fingers in a lot of things. I wouldn't be surprised if um, overworked, or yeah, or even just or de- a lot of delegation when it comes to things like Thor. Um, he did and, co-write this with another person. I don't. I didn't look into who she is, uh, but maybe her. Ba- for all I know, her background would help explain why, like, why they went even more into the the silliness. I don't know. What if yeah. she was she wanted to hold back? She's like, please, you gotta cut back. I <laughs> and Taika was you. like, no. No. And he walked out of the room. Had more. I, I want more rock man. <laughs> anyway, okay. Yeah, Thor Love and Thunder. 
Um, what if Thor knew that he was in a comic book and he thought it was funny? <laughs> Please, he, he did mention after. Uh, this is also something I, I picked up on that it, if he were to do another Thor movie, he would want to do something. He was explaining like something with like zero fight scenes, where it's just like Thor on like a road trip or something. That's like a that. fucking bad idea, Taika. <laughs> That's like a bad, bad idea. Why, why would you choose Thor to do that? Not a good idea for Thor. Because <laughs> that's the well, one he has access get, to. Like That does sound like, like, like a cool, fun movie idea. Maybe it's a bad Thor? idea. I'm not saying it's a good idea, but I think when Ragnarok came out, he kind of obviously kind of like rewrit the formula of superhero movies and that, you know, big what comedy. As far as the Marvel movies, I mean, that was the that was like the big funny one, right? And they yeah. all had to be funny after it that. It set a bad precedent so, for no. other MCU well, movies. I know you I guys don't f- enjoy that, but I guess what I'm saying is maybe with that movie, he saw, okay, what can I do? How can I do something different with one of these Marvel movies? So maybe he's just looking to do that again. And, and I, instead I'm of just using being comedy. a huge nerd. But that was Guardians of the Galaxy that did that to the MCU, I think. No, I, I think Vito has a point, though. I think Guardians did introduce humor, like um, like comedy writing to the MCU. But I think it was Ragnarok that set a precedent of, okay, audience really love when you go all in on the humor. Like when you and, when you and, don't really and keep, Deadpool, maintain right? seriousness. Didn't Deadpool and maybe have maybe not even. That? Yeah, but Deadpool wasn't MCU. It was kind of. Maybe not ball. even. It count as it. All right. I mean, not even comedy, but also like colors. You know what I mean? Like when 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 superhero movies were all like gray and fucking you had like Dark Knight and all that, and then that and Thor Ragnarok came out and it was very like colorful and you know what I mean? I, I guess what I'm I, saying is maybe he's saying that if he's gonna do a superhero movie, he wants to you know switch things up a little bit. That's all. That's right. All I'm saying what, what it sounds like he's saying. Bad idea, Taika. <laughs> and but, <laughs> Taika, if you're listening, bad idea for sure. Apparently, Flash has bad idea. Well, I actually read comic books, so I don't want that. <laughs> um, you just love violence. Yeah, yeah, comic book violence. Um, as for stuff I played, I played. Uh, well, I recently put the hurt on our good buddy Kurt in Walkabout Mini Golf VR. Played that for the first time. Um, and, the must-own uh, VR game. The must-own mini-golf VR game. And I brought the the man, the myth, the legend down to size over three courses. Thank and God. Finally, someone... He needed to be taken <laughs> Knocks him down, down a peg. He needed, yeah. he needed a good slap in the face. He can't be, he can't be good at every video game. No. Um, and let me tell you, that's a great game. That's, uh, you know, beautiful courses. Uh, it's got uh, ample collectible balls to find. And it just feels damn good to play. It's, uh, you know, me and the VR gang had had uh, had played mini golf in VR chat a few times. And it's surprisingly good in that game. But Walkabout is on another level, on another level, which... Uh, Makes sense for a you know a ground up standalone mini golf game, so I can, but I can see why this one has such a claim because it's like the best in the genre of small putting, and mm. it's super comfy. The physics just work the way you would want them to. It just feels good in every respect, and it's fun to play with friends, of course, like Kurt, who you can defeat. <laughs> 
marginally. <laughs> Scraping a victory by him. <laughs> um, he was also suffering from uh, a little bit of uh, tracking issues. I was going to say, like. if I remember, I, I'm like, I remember... Like a little bit of this, and I remember Kurt constantly talking about like him clipping through like the wall. Like a he was falling through the world every now and then. Yeah, he kept falling through the world. Yeah, but that was like that's like his handicap. True. So you had to to temporal displace him to. uh, Yes, I defeated him on even terms. Let's let's just uh, put that in the news. Um. And then I also played, uh, recently I played Super Mario Odyssey on the Nintendo Switch. Ooh, now you're speaking my language. I know. That's what I was Yahoo. waiting to talk to you about. I, I played, have always uh, wanted to play this game. Yeah, it's a really cool game. Um, I mean, you know, just really good, like straight up Super Mario goodness. Um, I when I was I, When I went to play it, I was like, damn, this came out in 2017. It feels like Man, so long ago already. Oh my god! Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's, I didn't play like any of the Super Mario games on the the Wii or the Wii U. I never had those systems. Um, like the uh, the side scroller ones, or like the uh, well, 3D any, one of them, that I'm... any of them. I never I played. Mean, yeah, like, I. I don't think I ever played Odyssey, fully through the Galaxy. Galaxy games. I never got those that chance. Um, yeah, I never played. I went from uh, I think like Sunshine to. Uh, to Odyssey. Like, I never okay. played any of those ones. Same path for me. Um, but yeah, just like I don't even have like notes on this one. I just really enjoyed it. <laughs> I don't really have that much to say about the you know the movement options are of course off the charts. Impressive in terms of all the things you can do and mix together to to do actions. And of course, this is an excellent speed running game. Just super fun to watch people completely break it with the movement options. Yeah. Um, oh man, it's crazy. Uh, Cappy, <clears throat> the things like Cappy lets you do. Yeah. Oh jump, yeah. Don't jump, throw, throw yeah. Yeah, jumping, jump throwing. It's yeah. insane. It is. I like watching those videos also. And of course, so many you know collectibles and uh, collectible challenges and just a lot of content overall. I didn't even like do everything in the game. I was just like at a certain point, I was like, I'm, I'm good. Like I feel I like I've accomplished it, what I've had to. my fill. I felt the same way, man. Mm-hmm. I got uh, I got to a, a 500, 500 power moons, and Bandy. I unlocked Darker Side of the Moon, and I started Darker Side of the Moon, and I had already been playing uh, for many hours that day and for tens of hours, you know, of the game previously, and I was just like, I don't feel compelled to finish right. Darker Side of the Moon because it's like an extra challenging level. Right. And I, I guess I kind of intended to go back to it, but I don't really now. Because um, I'm, I'm really not that type of gamer who's like, oh, I just want to, you know, push, like hit my head up against a wall until I... I was never... I was Throughout the, my entire play, time playing the game, I was never, like, super great at the movement stuff. Uh, I was definitely competent at it being, you know, a gamer. But <laughs> I was you never, like... You weren't, like, you weren't like uh, flying all over the place. No, no. And so by the time I got to Darker Side and it kind of expects expects you to be that level of good or at least like have tons of movement combos down, I'm like, uh, mm. <laughs> maybe I maybe I would uh, not enjoy actually trying to accomplish this. But yeah, the game overall, very wholesome and cozy Mario, you know, just fun for the whole family. Uh, 
Yeah. I don't even know what to say about it. It's it's just a good game. Dude, that's usually how I feel when I talk about games. I get it. <laughs> they're just they're it's fun. It's a fun game. Yeah. Uh, I know there's fun. there's like uh have you seen the things that people have made like uh the custom modded levels that people go through? No, no, I don't I don't Some so. of them are in pretty nuts. Yeah, I can imagine with <laughs> with what you're allowed to do that they must like really push it to the limit in terms of like 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 Mario Maker type shit where it's like how can I even fucking do this? <laughs> yeah, and you you know you would expect right, the sorry I'm just gonna say you would expect you're, 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 the um, you're good. the um sort of like fidelity level of it, of the game to have sort of hurt the the Mario vibe of it because like it's less cartoony than any previous game it's got like real ass humans in new donk city uh yeah it's weird isn't it so the art style stuff is kind of weird but it just like it all works somehow it's just the nintendo touch i guess just to make it all feel not make it feel congruous instead of incongruous it all works together anyway uh i think that's it for me right for this this time Oh, that's it for Flask. Okay. All right. If that's it for Flask, well, listeners, we didn't have a whole lot of news to talk about this week. And I think we're just going to take it easy and let that be that. We can get around to the news next week. Where we'll have what? a whole lot more to share. I but I don't know what's really been happening in the either. world. I don't think anything happened since the last podcast. Nothing happened? Uh, there is actually one super important news thing we got to talk about. If you give me two seconds to find it. Uh, you so important, this out, but it's, it's um, not even found. Uh, it's that guy from Japan who, um, the love he the guy who wrote Love Hina Flask, he just became uh, a part of the diet. Okay, uh, wait, what? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, because I'm gonna sound crazy, but this is super important for uh, uh, where, oh, oh also, the uh, the creator of Yu Gi Oh died. You see that? Oh, yeah, mm. yeah, 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 whatever. Uh, <laughs> Come on! Now. I'm kidding. R.I.P. Dog. All right. So the Love Hina Bangaka uh, uh, Ken Akamatsu, he was elected to Japan's House of Counselors uh, after campaigning uh, for creators' freedom of expression. Uh, and oh, okay. One of the things. So let me post this real quick. Uh, but basically, one of the things he's working on is preservation of old games. Huh. Uh he, it's, I guess they have this thing already going on uh, in Japan where they like uh, do it for like uh, move like movies and like music and all that. And okay. he wants to add uh, video games to uh, like that thing. It's probably a good idea. Sounds pretty based. Yeah. Uh, but this is good because this is just so funny because uh, a few days ago you guys know about the thing with Assassin's Creed, right? Oh, yeah. the liberation! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where lib they uh liberation? They delisted it or whatever. I guess they went back from it now. Um, yeah, I think there but, was some confusion yeah. about what they actually meant. Uh, playing old, yeah, yeah. I guess that's what they say. I that's what they say. Couple of that. Um, but yeah, this is great. I think because uh, old games uh, are fucking annoying to play. Uh, you just gotta emulate them because if you wanted to play them like actually legit. Uh, it's pretty much impossible. Or very difficult. I shouldn't say impossible. Wouldn't you agree, Flash? 
it it it's not hard a but physical edition i would say i mean it's annoying to me and to a lot of the people that there's no like official uh commitment like this to preserve these these games yes. that it's all, all down right, to your fans yeah, exactly exactly and enthusiasts and that's why um yeah i was reading this earlier i was like oh that's uh good because there's a lot of old games that i think uh you know people really can't play or you know they just can't figure out emulation or whatever yeah good on uh good on ken akamatsu good on yeah ken akamatsu eh? A-okay, love Hina, Mangaka. That's you all I fight got. for the game preservation, bud. Fight for the gamers. All right, well, aside from that, nothing happened <laughs> since the last podcast. Yeah, no, that was it. That sucked. Everything else that's, sucked. That's it. All right. All right. Thank you for joining us, everybody. Uh, we'll be back next week, hopefully with John. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Bad night. Blast, make something salvageable out of what I was talking about. I will. Make me look smart and intellectual, if you will. I can't do that.